Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insight, skills, strategies, and inspiration for emerging empowered from toxic relationships and breaking the bonds of emotional abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Narcissistic hijackles make your head spin, right? And in this episode, I want to talk about something that can make your head spin almost faster than anything. And it's subtle. You may not even notice how frequently it's happening. And it's a big deal. So we're going to talk about a big, big, big red flag. And that is the red flag of plausibility. Plausibility sounds so benign, like neutral. Well, it is. That's the whole point. Something could or couldn't happen. It's plausible that it could. It's plausible that it couldn't. And think how much joy something like that brings to a hijackle. If you're just joining me for the first time, you may not know my term hijackle. I created it so that we don't use psychological diagnoses here. That we talk about people, difficult people, really difficult people, who share traits. And we call them hijackles, or I trademark the term, so that we talk about people who hijack relationships for their own needs and purposes, and then they scavenge those relationships for power, status, and control. So plausibility is one of those sneaky things that they like to have in their repertoire, and they use it often because it can go either way. And isn't that handy for a hijackle that they can get juice of it in either direction? So you'll find the plausible lie. You know, you think they're telling a lie, but there's just enough truth in it to make you wonder. And then you think, should I really bring it up? Because what if I'm wrong? What if they're really telling the truth? Well, they don't usually tell the truth. But what if they are this time? And by the time you've gone through all of those mental gymnastics, you're too tired to ask them anyway. Or the plausible narrative. They tell the story similarly to how you would tell the same story except they embellish a little detail here or change a number there or make it a little more extreme or a little more funny at your expense. But not really enough to say it didn't happen like that. So it's plausible and you let it go by. Or maybe the big one, plausible deniability. We hear about that a lot on the news, plausible deniability, meaning that the evidence is not strong in either direction, but I'm going to push it in whichever direction I want it to go. And that's definitely what hijackles do. I'm sure your mind is teeming with examples of how that's happened in your relationship with a partner or a parent or a sibling or an adult child. So let's dig into this. This plausible thing. It's kind of fair on the surface. 
Um, could be, could not be. Is it worth the fight? Worth getting into? Kind of, yeah, let it go. Don't get into it. Because when you go deeper, it often loses any plausibility. Right? So as you get deeper and you dig a little more, the hijackle gets more annoyed. They dig in their heels a little deeper. You start questioning whether you should push the issue. And now we have two things going on. First of all, we don't know if they're telling the truth or not. And secondly, you don't know whether you should pursue the truth or not. And so often that's a backup point where you just call, I don't have the energy for this. This is way too much. I know where this is going and it's going nowhere good. When you come to that point in your relationship, I hope you'll sit down and give your head a big shake. Because it has come to that place, you are at a moment where you need to do some really good thinking about yourself and your values, your vision for your life, what you stand for, what that looks like in practice, and how you speak up. Because if you have been really tired, really not willing to do any of those things, I'm not suggesting you start it by talking back to the hijackal. I'm suggesting you start by having a good word with yourself. Okay, I know that person's not telling the truth. I can also see that the hijackal has put forth a story that has plausibility in it. They've set it up. Although they'll say something and attribute it to a third person. That happens a lot on the news. Well, at least three people came to me and said this. A, no three people came to them. B, they didn't say anything because there were no people. But if you're making up the people and you're making up what they had to say, then the high chuckle is working overtime and just putting forth what they wanted to say, but trying to get it a few times removed from them having any, what? Accountability for it. They want to use plausible lie, plausible deniability, plausible narrative in order to remove themselves from any accountability for what goings on or whatever there is that's up for grabs in the story. So they like to stay on the surface. They don't want to go any deeper. If they can get you to gloss over it. Now remember, today, an episode a few weeks ago on glossing over and generalizations and all that. So keep that in mind. And then we get to the plausibility part. The second part of plausibility, um, whatever they're saying sounds reasonable, but you pick up deceptive vibes in it. It really gets your spidey senses going. And you your logical brain wants to go, well, that could happen. But there's something that you really need to listen to in your body that's saying, no, no, there's something deceptive about that. That is not okay. That's not the way it rolled. And don't start off by blaming hijackles or poking or prodding them. Just start off observing within yourself like, nope, I am pretty sure that requires more looking into than just letting that plausible lie go by. And the third one is that it appears worthy of the benefit of the doubt. 
So you ask a question, you know, um, you came home two hours late last night and uh, you had promised to come home on time. What happened? Oh, well, the, the bridge was out. There was an accident. The car broke down. Uh, you know, 14 things to Sunday that could have happened. All plausible. Do you want to go in on any of them? Or do you just want to say, oh, that must have been terrible, and you let it go? After you've been worn down, torn down, and put down by a hijackle for a long time, you give up after a while, don't you? You don't even want to. It used to be something that you picked your battles. Now you don't even want to have any battles. And I understand that. I 100% understand that. And I'm not asking you to pick up your your warrior tools and press on. But I am hoping that in this episode, you will begin to say, you know, I'm tired of letting stuff go by that is actually taking my relationship to a worse place. The hijackal knows and thinks they're winning. I am too tired to fight with them. And yet, nothing good, gracious, or worthwhile is happening in this relationship to lead me to those three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. There's no equality, there's no reciprocity, and there is no mutuality. And it's overwhelming. I mean, there's so many things that happen when you're in a relationship with a hijackal. So many now they're coming at you from all corners and sometimes simultaneously. And I understand that completely. However, we do have to start recognizing that I'm not going to continue just taking this. I'm not going to continue to let someone feel that I, I am just buying whatever they're selling, that I just pick up whatever they put down. At some point, you want to distinguish yourself as, mm -mm, that really doesn't fly. And I'm going to, toward the end of this episode, I'm going to give you the strongest thing that I can give you to work on it and start making some changes there. Because plausible can really equal slippery. <laughs> plausible can be real or not. And plausible is... Could have happened, couldn't have happened, made up, absolutely happened. It is just a slush word. It's plausible. It could have, but did it. And plausible is nowhere near probable. That's where things start to fall apart. Because we start to think that, okay, it's plausible. And then maybe we talk ourselves into probable so we can avoid a fight. Have you ever done that? You think, oh, well, why not? It's okay. Now, if you're thinking, no, what's going on in my relationship? I really could use a little help. It's always available for you. You can come on over to beaclient.com. Beaclient.com and have a full one-hour session, one time only, with me for $97, beaclient.com. 
you really want to figure it out. And it's a little bit murky for you right now. It's a worthwhile thing to do. But plausible is nowhere near probable. And if we've started to think that those two things are close, we need to think some more. Now let's think about this term, plausible deniability. The ability to deny knowledge of a responsibility. Sound familiar? The ability to deny knowledge of a responsibility. So you often find that in senior government or organizations or um, businesses. And they just don't really want to take responsibility or be accountable, much like every hijackal in the world. But there are people who are not hijackals who also do it, and you will find it. Because if you do some research on the term plausible deniability, you'll find that it shows up a lot at high levels in organizational structures. Um, and so this inability to come to grips with responsibility and accountability, it falls into plausible deniability so that I can deny something. You know, if you say, someone says, I told you that, and you say, well, I never heard you say that. Where are we? Who wins? Did anybody hear? Did anybody speak? The two people speaking together, it's just going to be a tit-for-tat conversation. Plausible deniability. Each one says they told the other something. It all dies in the woods somewhere. Same thing happens at home when each of you, if you're with a partner who is using plausible deniability, conversation isn't going to go very far because each person is going to stick to their guns. Because a person who will engage in this plausible deniability is going to be indirect. If you ask them for an example, when did that happen? Exactly tell me. What was happening? Who was there? What was the date? What were the words said? Oh, you know how they hate that. They hate specifics. Hijackals hate specifics. They want to gloss over something in generalizations as quickly as they can. And if they can be indirect, great. So plausible deniability fits in really well there. Of course I didn't do it. That's ridiculous. And even if I had... If I had done, I would have told you about it. And don't go any deeper. That's the threat that's underlying that. But you still want to believe that's true? That you do. And now we've gone a little deeper down the rabbit hole. And that's not good. Or they like to be vague. They too. Well, people generally feel that way. Why don't you? No, people generally feel that way. Just even take those words apart. Do people generally feel some way? Which group of people are we talking about? All the people in the world? People with green hair? You know, anything that is generalized to the point of people generally feel that way, or everyone I talk to has, or three people have come up to me with tears in their eyes saying, no, we're just trying to buy a generalization. 
just trying to get it across and preferably um, get it past you so that they get what they want. So we have vague, we have indirect, we have generalizing. Another thing they like to do is to be very ambiguous. Well, I don't remember exactly when it was, but, you know, a lot of people were talking about it. And um, I brought it up to you. You've probably forgotten. Oh, it doesn't really matter. I don't know why I brought it up. So we've raised the doubt. We've raised the question. We've just about got caught. So now it became unimportant. Then they want to underplay it. And then you want to get out of it. Now we have dealt with something that had plausibility in it positive or negative, but we got past it. And that's a difficult one. And there's, again, this desire to gloss things over and move on to the next topic. And if by some possibility the person thought that you were trying to nail them down, make them accountable or make them a mistake, isn't it, an, isn't it special how quickly they can turn on 90 degrees and bring it around the corner one more time, 180 degrees, and put it right in your lap. Now it's something you did. We're not talking about them at all. And that's the way that cookie crumbles in straight lines directly back to you. And I'm sure you know about that because it happens so frequently. You know, they'll quickly change topics. And if changing topics isn't enough, They'll quickly bring the blame right to your door. You know, one of the things this plausible deniability is, is used to avoid responsibility for something by creating other circumstances where it's difficult to prove involvement or knowledge. That you really cannot know if they know or if they were involved and they want to keep it there on the surface. They'll even be playful about it. You'll never know. How would you know? Are you certain? Okay, I think we have that covered. Now, as I'm saying these things, I wouldn't be surprised if you were having feelings of how many times that's occurred in your relationship. You know, people like to play with your emotions. They particularly like to play with having power over you. And so... When they can say something that causes you grief or causes you to get confused or knows they cause you pain, they're quite happy to do that. And this whole idea of plausible deniability can be used to escape accountability for a person's actions. Who, me? I would never do that. You must have me confused with someone else, even if you saw them do it. Like sometimes when I'm decompressing, and, you know, my daughter often kids me, she says, you know, when you're decompressing from thinking about all the wonderful world of hijackles, why do you watch cop shows? But I do. And, you know, you watch, I watch cop shows where the person is always in denial they're all they'll be yelling at the at the police they'll be screaming i didn't do anything i've done nothing they'll be screaming police brutality 
they'll be using every expletive in the book. And then all of a sudden the word video is mentioned. And the next thing you have is, you know, oh, please, please, I'm sorry. I Can you call my mom? You know, I didn't mean to do that. It's my first time. I know I've been difficult, but I'm sorry for that. Because now there is evidence. But when you're dealing with plausibility, there is no evidence. And the hydrocal knows there is no evidence or thinks there is no evidence. You might have some, but the hijackal thinks you don't. And so they think they can play with the truth. They can bend and sway in the wind with the truth. And they can stay on the surface and not go deeper, change topics, which will give them plausible deniability of, no, I never intended to do that. I wouldn't do that. What makes you think I would do that? And off we go. And so that happens. Um, you know, narcissists really believe that uh, plausibility, um, plausible deniability is a free pass to wrongdoing. That they can just do whatever they want and then say something that causes someone to say, well, it's possible they did it for that reason. It's possible they didn't do it. And so they think they now have a free press because it creates doubt in the mind of the accuser. And if there is doubt in the mind of the accuser, then there can be doubt in the mind of a jury. If there were going to be such a thing, but there isn't when you're arguing at home, of course, but you see the pattern. And so there has to be evidence. Evidence is something hijackals hate. Evidence is scary to hijackals, which is why I invite all my clients to document everything in a journal. Date, time, frequency, money, dollars, um, words said exactly, everything, because it's evidence. And evidence is scary to hijackals. They want to make it up on the spot in order to win. Whatever they need to say or do to win in the moment, they want to do that. And if you have evidence, they hate it. Now, there are still some states in the United States where you cannot record someone without their knowledge, which is called a two-party consent state. You have to have the consent of the recorder and the other person knowing that they're being recorded. And I understand that seems fair. However, when we're dealing with hijackals and you're dealing one-on-one -on -one at home, what's going on at home will almost never be what's going on outside the home. So it's very hard to have evidence of what goes on in the home. And the best thing you can do there is by consent to install cameras. It's just for, you know, occasional home invasions. But basically, when you're with a hijackal, your home is always being invaded. But at least you can have some footage and capture some audio that will help understand what's going on. So now back to this 
whole idea of plausibility. Do you see how much a hijackal loves the idea of plausibility? Because they can turn the truth. They can twist it. I did it. Well, maybe I didn't. Well, no, actually I didn't. But I could have if I wanted to. What makes you think I didn't? You know, just that is crazy making, right? And that's what they do, you know. <clears throat> and then they'll say things like, well, I have no memory of it. Or that great one that some attorneys tell people to say, I don't recall. Now, how about that for plausible deniability? Do you recall? Don't you recall? Is it something you were told to say? Did you have a temporary blackout? Do you recall but you don't want to say because you may recall incorrectly? I mean, what a, what a quagmire plausible deniability turns into. And it creates this doubt that someone's done something bad or wrong. And you don't want to go around accusing people and then get it wrong, do you? You don't want to be, you don't want to be the one who makes accusations and then finds out that you were at fault. So you usually err on the side of being truthful and honest. And in doing that, you give the hijackles a pass. But I read this and I thought this is really well said. Ability, um, plausible deniability is the ability to deny any involvement in illegal or unethical activities because there's no clear evidence to prove involvement. So if you can stand behind hearsay, you've got something going for you. Well, if two or three people told me this, and then you say that this is your position, and someone says, but who told you? Oh, I don't know. Well, then it's not really your, your thinking. It's someone else's thinking. You're yeah, very clever, very underhanded, very devious, very manipulative, but that's the way they roll, right? And it often shows up, as I said, in high-ranking members and organizations because it, no one wants to have their head roll and no one wants to be wrong and no one wants to make a scene or rock the boat too much. And so plausible deniability can often be rampant. You know, I used to be a consultant dealing with situations of conflict in office teams. And this would show up all the time, far too frequently. In fact, I wrote a whole book called Wrestling Rhinos, Conquering Conflict in the Wilds of Work. You can get it on Amazon and learn how to handle conflict at work because it happens there. And if it's happening at home, it's happening on the playground and at the parent-teacher organization. You can get pretty darn tired. You can get completely wiped out by dealing with this all the time. So with some of these concepts, I hope by doing this topic will help you uh, nail things down. Now, I didn't notice I put up on the screen where you can support us at patreon.com slash save your sanity. But I'm grateful that that popped up and uh, reminded me to tell you. 
And thank you for the people who do support us over there at patreon.com slash save your sanity. It helps get help to get the podcast out every week. So a narcissist doesn't really need uh, evidence to back up their claims because they're always right and everything's always your fault. So that's their basic stand anyway, and that's what they're going to run with. And then if, if they continue to talk, they'll soon convince you that they're right and you're wrong and what they're saying is plausible. And how dare you? How dare you even question what they're doing or why they do it? And they may go further. If you continue to question, then perhaps I don't want to be here anymore, or I will leave you, or I will do something awful. And remember this, just because it could be true doesn't mean it is. Whatever they're saying is plausible is simply one option. It could be true. It could not be true. It's standing on the razor's edge. And that's important to see because the whole idea of plausibility is a big red flag when you know you're with a hijackal. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you probably know you're with a hijackal. So just because something could be true doesn't mean it is. So don't get sucked into that anymore. And can you see how easy it is to get hooked in to believing their plausible lies, their plausible stories, their plausible narrative, their plausible deniability. You're tired. You're tired of having to choose what to respond to and what to let go by. You're tired of maybe being the one who is always wrong. You're tired of walking on eggshells. You're tired of second-guessing yourself all the time. So I know that this is just one more thing to add to the pile of things that you have to deal with. But when you really start listening for that plausible lie, plausible deniability, what they throw in there to make it seem like it could have happened, I could be right, always add to yourself, and you could be wrong. And start thinking about it a little more. Because, uh, yes, it takes a lot of energy to know which stories to confront or which lies to confront. But this plausibility can keep your head spinning because you start to believe that stuff. And you're tired. And you're busy. And when you start to ask questions about whether or not I want to be in this relationship any longer... Notice this business of deniability and about plausibility. Because anybody can make up a story that could be true. You can do it too. I don't advise you to do it. There's two people playing this game. just makes the game endless, you know. But you have the opportunity to stop giving up on yourself, to stop letting these things go by. And... uh, 
I know you want to do it to save energy and to save an argument or even to save face. But at some point, it's really important to stop and realize that your position on this plausibility thing can be causing you more grief than you think. You know, they count on you being daunted, too daunted to take them on. They'll push you some, but they know you're too tired. And then, then they'll even have the audacity to tell you that you have no background, backbone to argue for your truth. Have you ever had that happen? They push you. They want to be right. Then they say, what's wrong? Aren't you up, aren't you up for it? Can't you, can't you hold your own? It's a really difficult position to be in. I know it's really difficult. I've been there. So they count on you being too tired, too daunted to take it on. But I want to talk about the biggest first solution to doing this. I have spoken about it before, and it is still the most important. Master doing the personal weather report. You must, 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 must get away from talking about the hijackle when you talk to the hijackle. It is an absolute necessity. You must talk about yourself. Just yourself. And from a point of self-knowledge, not a point of blame, not a point of disclosure, from a point of self-knowledge. So they say, you know, well, I don't know why you think I'm, I'm doing something else and coming home two hours late. It's all in your imagination. And you say, well, it doesn't seem like it's in, in my imagination. I've thought it through. I've kept some records. There seems to be a pattern to it. So I'm pretty sure it's not in my imagination. You see, that's a personal weather report. You didn't say anything about them. Remember the definition of a personal weather report. You have the right to take up space and draw breath and therefore have the right to say, what you think, feel, need, want, prefer, remember, whatever, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. That's the huge part. As long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. So when you master the personal weather report, you are just talking about yourself. And that allows you to stand firmer because you know you. You know what you think. You know what you remember. You know what you want. You know what you need. And you have the right to say so, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. And I really mean it. Master it. I put together a website for you just to go and have a quick course on it. Go to personalweatherreport.com. There's some videos and stuff. I wrote a lot about it in my book, Kaizen for Couples. You can get all my books on Amazon. All of those things are there. And there's other things that I've done for you that you can find at relationshipprograms.com. Courses, checklists, ebooks, lots of things there. Relationshipprograms with an S.com. All of that. So when we are using the personal weather report, and we get masterful at it, we are no longer thinking about the other person. 
we are thinking about what what's true for me. What do I remember? What do I recall? And as long as you do not mention another person by name or pronoun, you're speaking about yourself. You are on safe ground. Now, that doesn't mean the hijackal is immediately going to see that. They're not because they, they don't think about you that much. But this is strengthening for you. This is strengthening for you to say, no, I'm on solid ground here. I know me. I am allowed to speak up. I can do these. And when you do that, when probable, plausible deniability or plausible law comes up, lie rather, a plausible lie comes up, you can say, not the way I remember it. As I recall, this happened. Not what I was thinking at all. Not the direction I was going. Not my intention. You're just speaking about yourself. And you can get really clear there. And so when you get good at it, you then increase your confidence to speak up in the moment because you're not going to refute anybody. You're not going to make them wrong. You're just going to affirm what is so for you. And when you get good at that, it stands you in good stead in every relationship because you're not trying to overtake anybody. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody. You're just you being you, being clear, being articulate, sharing, being open to an appropriate degree of transparency. And it works. It works. Like in Kaizen for Couples, I wrote a couple of chapters on the personal weather report. You want your relationships to work? Read the Kaizen for Couples books. It shows you how. But don't try and apply it to hijackle because you have to be dealing with a healthier human in order to create a relationship that works. Right? When I wrote Kaizen for Couples, I wrote that because couples that I'd worked with, hundreds of couples, said, have you written all these good things down? (laughs) You teach us. And I hadn't, so I wrote the book. And then after that, I started writing the hijackal books. Two, Two worlds, two planets in this world. Healthier humans, hijackal humans. They're not the same. Kaizen for Couples is a book for healthier humans having relationships with healthier humans. Keep that in mind, please. And in the meantime, whenever you get that spidey sense that uh, there is some plausible lie, the whole truth is not out there. Something's being covered up or left out or that plausible deniability or that plausible narrative. Recognize it. That is a red flag. See it. Sit with it. Ask yourself, what's going on here? And what do I want my response to be? And as I've told you, if I can help, you can make a one-time, one-hour opportunity to talk with me for only $97 at Be a Client. Or you can come on over to my Emerging Empowered Community at joinintoday.com. Really important to see the little pieces Now, there's over 700 videos that I've done for you on YouTube at For Relationship Help. That's the name of my channel, F-O-R Relationship H-E-L-P. All the topics, go and, and listen to them. Listen again. 
do two or three on the same topic that you really need to get into and say, yeah, I'm going to change that. That's not okay with me anymore. And I hope that plausible lies, plausible stories, and plausible deniability will get on the chopping block for you in your relationship. So until we meet again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Also, learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting EmergingEmpowered.com. Talk soon.